Children's Church, you can be dismissed at this time. Thank you, Mark, for filling in this morning. Appreciate that, brother. Um, as most of you know, Randall, uh, he is with Gail and the family. Um, and uh, Gail's mom went home to be with the Lord this week. Continued to pray for them. Most of you know, uh, I'll be doing the funeral afterwards. Visitation today at 1 o'clock and funeral to follow at 2. And uh, just thank you for how you've loved on this family, even though Miss Ann was not a specific you know, church member here. Uh, Miss Gail is. And uh, I, I have been real impressed and pleased with how you've loved on this family in their time of need. And you know how it is when you, for those of you who've experienced the loss of, of a loved one, a family member, it's difficult. And uh, this is when the body of Christ shines at its best, when we're able to come in and mourn with those who are mourning, weep with those who are weeping. And so uh, pray for the day, pray for the service that will follow. But with that said, you might get out of here early today. I'm just saying, might. I know. Got an amen back there, I think. But uh, anyway, so, so Randall, Lord willing, be back with us next week. We hope to have our praise team uh, back up and running next week. Uh, by the way, visitors, I'll just go ahead and plant this in, 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 in your little heart there. If you play an instrument, you know, we're always looking for instruments here. Our, our band's growing, man. I'm thinking we're going to have to knock some walls out eventually in two, three team rotation. I like it. Uh, Orchestra next. I like that. That's good. Could I, could I conduct? Yeah, get me one of them little sticks. Okay, maybe not. Probably not. Better not. Gang, this morning, um, I find myself in a very different kind of awkward place as a pastor because I don't, you know me. And, and for those who are visiting today, you don't know me. So let me kind of tell you, and I say this is sort of like a PSA, public service announcement. I try to give every time I feel like there's visitors in our midst. Our church is a Bible-believing church. We believe the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. It is God-breathed. It is God's authoritative Word to us in our life. And that's why normally when I preach, I love to just go through a book. Go through a book study. And we just finished Hebrews. How long did it take us to go through Hebrews? All right, sorry about that. Anyway, Yes, as long as you've been here, yes. <laughs> Since he was a wee lad. <laughs> so, but anyway, we normally go through a book study, and I'm not much of a topical kind of guy. Now, with that said, God is stretching me out of my comfort zone because, Lord willing, this summer, my desire is to follow the Lord and what I believe He's leading us to, and that is to go through a topical study over the summer. And um, on vacation, by the way, thank you for letting me and my family go away on vacation. It was so nice to sleep in and eat good meals and lounge by the pool. <sighs> anyway, sorry, I went back there for a minute. Um, but it's good to be back, hit the ground running. But when I was away, I was reading this book. And uh, I think I got it up on the screen, maybe. I can get it up there. Let me see here. Nope, that's not mine, buddy. If you could find that for me, that'd be awesome. But this book is called Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. Has anybody read this book? Thank you. One person. Excellent. Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. Let me just say this. If you are looking for a church, there are a lot of things out there that say church. Doesn't mean they're a biblical church. 
And I'm not trying to knock anyone, but I am saying, guys, even we need to examine ourselves as a church to see who we are as the body of Christ. And this book uh, is by Mark Deaver, a forward in it's by David Platt. Many of you are familiar with David Platt. And, and, and Mark Deaver has done a great job in, in sort of just hitting the important uh, aspects of what it means to be a church and what is expected of us as members of a church. And so to kind of launch this study today, uh, I want us to sort of self-examine. So, so if you're visiting today, you're kind of getting an inside look into the Community Baptist Church expectation and family. And um, so it's going to be a little different. Um, and again, it's awkward for me because I'm used to let's go line by line, verse by verse. So just bear with me in that. But I, 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 this book has been very encouraging. I've got like two chapters left. And um, if those last two chapters are anything like the first seven, uh, it's, it's excellent. And so I want to share that with you because this is what God's been kind of stirring in my heart. Uh, with the last uh, time I was here two weeks ago, we had 14, I think, total join uh, the church. Uh, we also had four baptized, which, by the way, pray, Lord willing, we're going to have another baptism next Sunday. So be in prayer for that. It's good to have Ivy back with us. She was sick that day, so I'm glad she's feeling much better. And thank you for bringing family and friends. It's great to have you. Lord willing, um, we're going to do that next Sunday. If you've never been baptized, if you've never followed the Lord and believers' baptism, I'd love to talk to you. We'd love to have you take part in that service. But this is where we're headed. This is where we're going for the summer. And I think it's good timing with all those new members that just joined for us to take a look at ourselves and say, Community Baptist Church, what does God expect of us in order for us to be a healthy church. There's a lot of unhealthy churches. There's a lot of things out there under the label of Christianity that quite honestly, guys, doesn't represent the faith I see in Scripture. It doesn't represent who our God is. And that's concerning. It's disturbing. And um, I feel the responsibility, a heavy burden as as a pastor to lead you and equip you in the way that God has prepared us. So with that said, this is, uh, Lord willing, sort of a plug for where we're headed. We'll be into this next week. Just a quick show of hands. Just, just, I'm thinking of ordering some of these books. If you think you would like to read it, now don't be one of these, oh, yeah, and then, you know. Yeah. But if you think you would like a copy and would like to read this, I'm just kind of getting an idea so we can maybe order up some extras and you can read through this as we go. Um, so quick show of hands if you think you might be interested. All right, a handful. Okay, excellent. Thank you. That gives me an idea. Thank you. Perfect. I uh, just didn't want to order up 100 and then, you know, only 20 of you show up. So, all right, thank you. We're good with that. So our new summer series. I wanted to start this by kind of starting at home. Covenant relationships. And, again, the timing's great. We just did... Uh, our new members. We also just had two weddings, by the way. Oh yeah, some of the, 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 the men are in the house representing their, their uh, families. Good to have you guys. And there's Miss Amanda too. Thank you. Welcome back. So uh, our newlyweds, our honeymooners, still honeymooning. One of the things that um, we went through with these couples, my wife and I do the premarital counseling. And one of the things that we talk about when we um, 
prepare them for marriage is to understand the difference in marriage services. Now, some of you may not know this, but there are three types, typically three types of services that are done. There's the ceremonial marriage. And the ceremonial marriage is often done by like Catholic churches, and it's the idea, the emphasis is upon the, the church-oriented wedding. It's, it's more of a, uh, of a traditional type church-centered wedding. Ceremonial marriage. We also have today what's called a civil marriage. And civil marriage is more of the legal marriage. It's law-centered. And a lot of people, you know, it's the, it's the idea of just we're legally married and that's all they're, the, the, it's at the center of their relationship. But we always tell folks when we're doing premarital counseling is the marriage God intends for us is covenant marriage. Now why is covenant marriage different than ceremonial marriage and civil marriage? As believers, we should understand this. As believers, we should understand that a covenant is a promise. A covenant is more than just a legal contract. And I believe that even the church today struggles in its understanding of what a biblical marriage is. That's why the Southern Baptist Report in recent years has said that the divorce rate in the church is greater than that of the world. Over 50% of marriages within the church, statistically, according to the Southern Baptists, end in divorce. Now, again, I, when I hit on this, for those of you who've, who've lived through divorce, and you know how difficult that is, and you know how hard it is, and, and, and this is no way uh, to be um, uh, guilt-oriented. It's not. There is grace in God. God doesn't care so much where you were yesterday. Where are you today? And that's where I want you to be met with grace. Okay? So, so if you've experienced and lived through this, this isn't, this, I want you to be met with grace today. But a covenant relationship, and especially the biblically-based covenant relationship of a marriage, is Christ-centered. It's Christ-centered. I am thankful that in my relationship with Jesus Christ, Romans 8 assures me nothing can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. I can't be bad enough. I can't be ugly enough. I can't fall down enough. He loves me and He holds me and no one can pluck me from His hand. That's biblical truth. Now that doesn't give me a license to live how I want to live. And that's where a lot of us good Baptists sometimes miss the mark. I say if you understand that kind of grace, that's not grace at all. That's greasy grace. That's what we call it around here. You know. No, when we understand what Christ has done on our behalf, there is a, a union and a bond that, that's out of an attitude of gratitude and love to follow and obey and to understand my role and responsibility within that relationship. Marriage pictures the covenant relationship we have with our Creator through Christ Jesus our Lord. And when we go through a wedding ceremony, as we did recently, two of them here, you see the vows exchanged. 
you see this commitment one to another. Because love is not a feeling, folks. All right? I'm sure some of our honeymooners may still be riding the high, but marriage is work. Now, in our covenant relationship with Christ, we don't work to salvation, but we work from salvation. It's a commitment. And so as committed followers of Christ, uh, we want to reflect the love of Christ. The marriage between a husband and a wife is a picture. When we do a ceremony of a wedding here, you see that reflected. You see those vows exchanged. The groom represents Christ. The bride represents the church. So Community Baptist Church, as the bride of Christ, I want us to re-examine our vows as believers at Community Baptist Church. Now, when you joined, you may remember, my clicker's not clicking. Thank you, my friend. So you may remember when you, you joined, you got one of these little blue books. And I'll pull it up on the screen in just a little while. Now let me start by saying this, guys. This is a man-made document. It's man-made. All right? The Word of God trumps this every time. But this church covenant and constitution is a set of bylaws and ideas that, uh, that explain to us who we are as a, as a local church and the expectations that we believe are based upon the authority of Scripture. And it's sort of a code of conduct because God says, let everything be done decently and in order. And so this kind of provides the, the how-to of Community Baptist Church. And one of the things we go through, our new members know this, you just went through the class, they have to read this. That's part of their assignment. They read through this. And I ask them if there's questions, if there's concerns, if there's something you don't agree with, highlight it, make a note, let's, and, and then ask. Because just like before you say, I do in a marriage, you date. You get to know each other. You know? I don't think anybody just show up at the wedding day and, and didn't know who you were going to be marrying. Yeah, I didn't think so. So look, same thing coming into a church. Some of you are visiting today, and, and, and you're, you're kind of, you know, you're, you're maybe checking us out. You know, hey, that church is looking pretty good. I don't know, it's not like that. It's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> we hope we look good, but you know, uh, yeah. So, you're, you, but you are kind of dating. And in fact, there's a book called, uh, by Joshua Harris, Stop Dating the Church. But I realize sometimes you, you, you do go from one place to another because you're trying to find where you fit. That's good. Because the desire of your heart should be to, number one, where does God want me? Where does God want me? Number two, what is my giftedness? In, in, because every believer has a spiritual gift and, and, and God gave it to us to serve. And so where do I serve? Where do I fit in into the body? And so these are important things as someone looking for a church to, to try and find. Community Baptist Church is not for everybody, but it may be for you. And so you prayerfully seek, is this where God would have me? And the most important thing you should be looking for in a church is do they make much of Jesus Christ? Are they biblically based in what they do? And I can assure you that is who Community Baptist Church is. John Piper made this comment in regards to uh, covenant relationships. He said, the Bible does not say explicitly, thou shalt have a written church covenant any more than it says, thou shalt have marriage license 
or thou shalt have wedding rings. If you're looking for thou shalt have a church covenant in the Bible, you're not going to find it. Again, this is why I find this service a little awkward for me because I'm typically dug right into the Scriptures. But this is, this is too important for us to just not examine and self-examine. He goes on to say, one way to look at it is that a church without a covenant is like a marriage without vows. I mean, can you imagine a marriage without vows? For better or for worse... In a covenant marriage relationship, there is going to be great times. And you know what? Let's be real. There's going to be hard times. There may be some times that are just downright lousy. Some of you may be under that heavy pressure right now. You're struggling for better, for worse, for, for, for richer, for poorer. My wife has yet to experience, and probably never will, the richer side of things. <laughs> but that's okay. She loves me even still. <laughs> Thank you for that vow, Lord. Um, but seriously, for rich or for poor, in sickness and in health, bless you, Mr. Holton. He understands that. I remember our conversation, and he understood that vow in a way he never understood it before, before Miss Mary Margaret's passing. Guys, love is a commitment. Love is one of the greatest reflections that we give as Christians to an unbelieving world. And so as a church family, it is vital that we personify the love of Christ. Vows are important. Without vows, it'd be like uh, a marriage without vows is spelled out in the... Look, marriage vows are not spelled out in the Bible, just like church covenants aren't. But both follow necessarily from the nature of the relationship. This is a necessary thing in your church relationship. Luke 22, if you want to turn there, the verses here, that's fine. You can mark it down. This is sort of be our springboard passage, if you will. Luke 22, 20 says, Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Now, we've gone through the book of Hebrews. And you remember part of what the Hebrews text was all about the old covenant of the Old Testament practices has been done away with. Jesus Christ has come and fulfilled everything the Old Testament talked about. Everything in the Old Testament, all of those temple practices, all of those uh, shadows and types pointed to who Jesus was. He was the fulfillment. He is God incarnate. Thousands of years these documents had been written and passed along. Those who had faith believed in them and exercised and lived by faith in following them, looking to the Messiah. When the Messiah came, when Jesus Christ stood upon this earth, we go through the New Testament and it looks back to Him and it points back to Him and says, He is who He claimed to be. He is the fulfillment of all those things. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And in Hebrews, it talked about there's no longer the old covenant under the Mosaic law. We are under a new covenant. Because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, Jesus fulfilled the law. Gang, aren't you thankful? You don't have to keep the rules to earn favor with God. 
If you think you get to heaven by being good, you will never be good enough. Never. I always just like to illustrate this. So imagine me and Chandler are at the edge of the Grand Canyon. Now he's a little taller, got some longer legs than me, and I got a bum knee, so let's just go and put that on the record. But let's say me and Chandler are there at the Grand Canyon, and we're going to jump to the other side. One, two, don't push me. And we go. And Chandler out jumps me by 20 feet. Man, he, he had me beat by 20 feet. Where's me and Chandler? <laughs> Brother, I love you. We were down at the bottom of the... Uh, we're dead. We're done. We all fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you're looking for a church that's got some people that have some sin problems, you're in the right place. If you're looking for a perfect church, it's not community. I can assure you that. I'm here. Okay? Just get that out of the way. We sin. We fall short. Now, that's not a license for me to just, well, you know, grace will cover it. No! When I understand the great price that was paid, the new covenant is in the blood of Christ. He gave his life. The wages of sin is death. If I got what I deserve, I fall short of the glory of God. I deserve death. But the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is the most amazing and awesome gift you could ever receive. And when we receive that gift, there's an attitude adjustment. There's a heart realignment. There's a new desire. Old things pass away. Behold, all things are becoming new. And we enter into this covenant relationship. The work was done and paid for by Christ alone. My faith is in Him alone. He's paid it. By faith, I've received it. And so, this little blue book, if you ever come through our new members class, you get one of these. And that's all this is. This is based upon the New Testament. This is based upon the teachings of Scripture. And so we just sort of, you know, summed it up in summary form. And so that's what I want us to look at today. So here's what the foreword says in this little blue book. Notice if you would. This booklet has been prepared for the use of those who wish to know more of the beliefs on which Community Baptist Church stands and the position to which it has voluntarily submitted itself. Again, no one's forced or coerced. You must submit. Don't so for you. You know, that's not what we do here. Okay, we're not some cult. All right? We willingly and voluntarily say, yes, I believe this is a Bible church. Yes, I believe this church is exalting Jesus Christ. I, yes, I believe this church is following the way Christ wants us to live. I want to be a part of that, man. I want to be a part of that. And so that's what it says. It goes on and says this. We believe you will find that our doctrinal position adheres to that which Baptists have held through the years, where there are differences in organization or procedure from those to which you are accustomed, we would explain that we feel they are in keeping with the autonomous position of the local Baptist church. And basically, let me just sum that up. The local autonomy of the, uh, the, autonomy of the local church is... Basically, we, we, we don't answer to a hierarchy system. All right? We're not like part of, a, of an organization. 
where we have to report up the ladder, so to speak. Jesus is the head of the church. That's the one we report to. Um, we're independent, a local autonomy. Um, it's designed only to enable us to serve the Lord more efficiently in our own situation. Because, see, here's the reality. If headquarters was like in Chicago, Chicago's a little different than LaGrange. All right? Only by a few areas of gun violence. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's not that bad. Um, so, so we, you know, you would want that local representation to be a little different. And so that's why, again, we are an independent church in that sense. But very dependent. That's what we should change is dependent Baptist church. That's what we should be. All right. Should you desire further information concerning anything contained herein, or should you have any questions concerning this work, we would welcome your inquiry. Any of our members would be happy to arrange for our pastor or one of our deacons to meet with you at your convenience. You are invited to be our guest at any of the services. And this is, again, in our little blue book. This is how we feel as a church. Some of you are sitting here going, I've been here 40 years, I've never read that. <laughs> All right, now you have. <laughs> All right. So, church covenant. Here's what the church covenant says. Predicate. Having received the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. Now, let me just stop there. We assume, after testimony and completion of a new members class, believer's baptism, that you are what you say you are. You're a follower of Christ. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And so predicate, by the way, that word, that word predicate, because if you're like me, I went to Farmer. Like, that was the name of the school I went to. So that tells you a lot about my education. Um, but, but that word uh, predicate, the definition means something that is affirmed or denied of the subject in a proposition in logic. A term designating a property or relation. So again, uh, we come identifying and saying and that it goes without saying, it's logical, that, that we affirm this, that we have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, relying wholly upon His finished work for salvation. We're not works-oriented kind of church. Upon a profession of personal faith in Christ Jesus and having been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. If you're a member of Community Baptist Church, you have willingly submitted to that. You, by being a member... Say, yes, I believe that. A covenant's like a promise. And so as we go through these, it's, it's, again, it's a, it's, it's a commitment. It's a promise to the Lord in that this is how we've, um, we believe the Scriptures teach us we should live. And so, forgive me for saying this, but this predicate, based upon Scripture, makes it clear you cannot be a member of the body of Christ. You cannot be a member of the church without first being a believer. If you're looking for the place you belong before you believe, it's down the street. But this biblical church says, by definition, by definition, to be a member of the church means to be a member of the body of Christ. In order to be in the body of Christ, you've got to be a part of the body of Christ. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm not that smart. I went to farmer, but that's what the scriptures teach. 
So, yes, we want you to come. Yes, we, you know, but if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you wouldn't fit in the body. But you know what we hope happens? We hope that in your coming and your interacting and your being involved and, 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 and sort of seeing and observing and hearing the Word of God taught and being convicted by the Spirit of God, that the Spirit of God draws you to a place of repentance and faith where you cry out to the name of the Lord to save you. Because He makes you a promise. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Bam! Part of the body. Welcome to the pinky. Hey, don't knock the pinky, man. It does a lot. My wife always tells me, it's cute every time I drink my tea. <laughs> so, this is our predicate. It also goes into the covenant, uh, covenant in general. We don't want to covet, but we want the, the covenant. Uh, in general, we do now in the presence of God, the angels in this assembly, most solemnly and joyfully enter into the covenant with one another. Not only, guys, is our relationship in Community Baptist Church to our Heavenly Father and Lord, it's also to each other. You've made a promise to each other. If you're a member, you've made a promise to each other. Here's what it looks like. Um, that we will walk together in newness of life. We walk together in newness of life. Those of you who don't know my testimony, I was 25 years of age before I came to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Prior to that, I drank, chewed, and went with girls that do. All right? I was quite the rebellious young man. And in my immoral and riotous living, I was headed to hell. But when Christ got a hold of my life and I realized He is who He claimed to be, I repented of my sin and I cried out to the only name, the only name under heaven, given amongst men by which to be saved. And when I surrendered my heart to Jesus Christ, guys, He gave me a new direction of life. I now walk in newness of life. I didn't, I thought that was, I thought that was living. All that partying and all that. And look, there's pleasure in sin. Some of you might be in a season of sin right now, and it's fun. You're enjoying it. There is. God, God doesn't hide that. He said, oh yeah, there's pleasure in sin for a season. And then comes the reckoning. But when God got a hold of my heart and life and there was a transformation, therefore if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away. I'm no longer hanging out by the grace of God in those places. I'm no longer walking those paths that I used to by the grace of God. Now, hey, look, there go I except for the grace of God. I need to be careful, take heed, lest I fall. And so do you, Christian. This is why a church of believers is important. We get to walk together so that if Pastor Jeremy begins to stumble or start to look back, you have a responsibility. You've made a promise to come alongside me and say, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. This way, brother, this way. Come on, come on. We're, we're, we're going to the finish line. Can I tell you, I mean, you guys, I've I got to get new illustrations, man. I, I need to get out of the house more often. But I keep going back to this one because this was just, man, it hit me in the heart. Mark Gentry talked me into how he did it. I had never known. Talked me into running a, a 5K back in the day. All right? I know. I need, he needs to talk me into it again. Nate's working on me. But... I'll never forget running that last leg of the race in, in Goldsboro. And that last hill, man, and I'm ready to throw up. I'm ready to quit. I'm just ready to just lay down. <laughs> and, and it's just like all I can do to get up this hill. And I'll never forget when I took that last turn, I could see the finish line. My eyes were fixed. Now, guys, if you remember from our Hebrew study, 
Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. You get this analogy. Once my eyes were fixed on the prize, once my eyes were fixed on the finish line, I got a little bit more. There's a little more juice in the tank. And then here comes Mark Gentry. He'd already finished like, you know, yesterday. And he comes running up beside me. And he's like, go, Pastor, go, go. And so, man, I'm just like, okay. You know, and I'm high-stepping it. This is when I had a good knee. But he came alongside me and encouraged me. And guys, I found a new gear. And I finished the race. That's what this is about. When we covenant together as a church, family of God, this is what we do, man. Sometimes people struggle. Life is real. You've got real struggles. Coming to Jesus doesn't make those struggles go away. But I'm going to tell you what. There is fuel in your tank you never had before. And there's the encouragement of our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what it says. We therefore, and again it goes on, covenant with one another that we will walk together in newness of life with brotherly love to His glory as our common Lord. We therefore in His strength particularly engage. We also talk about the assembly in our covenant. The assembly that we will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Uh Uh-oh. Preacher's going to meddle now. It's summertime. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. Look at that. That's what the Bible said. Hey, by the way, y'all didn't know this is based on the Bible. I thought I told you that at the beginning. Hebrews 10.25. Do not forsake the assembling. Now look, this don't mean don't go on a vacation. I went on one last week. Come on, people. What I'm talking about, what the Scripture more importantly is talking about, is don't let this become a habit, as is the case with some. Go back and read the Hebrews passage. It became a habit for some people where they just, eh, it wasn't a priority as we learned in our Sunday school class. Great Sunday school. If you missed the Sunday school next week, come on in. Ladies study over there. Miss Belinda can tell you about it. And uh, men and women study over here, teens included. Sunday school, Pastor Nate, knocking it out with Malachi. I'm sorry, Malachi. So he's not Italian. He's not, we figured that out this morning, but he might have had a mustache. Okay. So again, The assembly, God intends for us not to take it for granted. And too often times, everything else gets priority in our life. Even good things, guys. Satan didn't come at you with bad things. He comes at you with good things that creates a habit to no longer really want to assemble, to no longer have that we once had. So, part of our covenant says that we will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together at such times and places as the church may appoint for instruction, for prayer, for business, or for evangelizing. That we will strive to promote the prosperity and spirituality of the church and to sustain its worship, ordinances, discipline, and doctrine. And that when we remove from this place we will as soon as possible unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the principles of God's Word. I would have you look. This covenant is not to be followed by the letter of the law. That's legalism. We're not a legalistic church. The spirit of this covenant is what we're speaking of. The spirit of, again, the attitude of gratitude that is in the heart of every believer is what we're talking about. And that causes you not to forsake 
because when you come together, it's for the purpose of spurring one another on to good works. That's with the love and grace of God. So the assembly. Also, mutual care. Uh, we see this here, that we will exercise a mutual care as members, one of another, to promote the growth of the whole body in Christian knowledge, holiness, and comfort in all the will of God, that we will remember each other in prayer, that we will aid each other in sickness and distress, that we will frequently exhort, and if occasion require, admonish one another, according to Matthew 18, 15 through 17, in the spirit of meekness, considering ourselves, lest we also be tempted. Community Baptist Church, when you, when you became a member here, you said, I, I agree to this. And I know there's people right now that need our care. You know, I know many of you reached out to the Hunt family. They really need our help right now. And I just encourage you, just pick up the phone and call them. That doesn't take effort to just call and say, hey, how's it going today? I want to encourage you to do that. Maybe you just want to send a card. Yeah, that, that'll take a little investment. But really? Guys, this is what we're committed to. When we stood before the Lord and said our vows, when we said I do, so to speak, richer, poor, sickness, health, you understand? You understand the analogy? This is who we are, church. And this is what we're called to. And we've got others in our midst. Miss Pat. Somebody that's gotten with Miss Pat, get with me. I've tried for a month to get up with Miss Pat. I cannot track her down to save my life. Somebody come see me. Some of you, you're doing it. You're loving on her. She needs us right now. I can go through a list of others in our church, guys, that are hurting and need help. That can't just be on me and Pastor Nate. And many of you are doing this, and I commend you, because that is one thing that I can say about Community Baptist Church. You have a love for one another, and it's shown. The Taylor family, last night as I had a meal with them, were truly moved by your generosity, your kindness in their time of need. That's honorable. That's awesome. Mutual care. Contributions. Oh, I knew he was one of them preachers going to talk about money. Well, you know what? It's in the Bible. I don't apologize. If you weren't praying as you should, I'd talk to you. If you weren't evangelizing as you should, I'd talk to you. So I'm not going to avoid this biblical subject either. That we will cheerfully. Let me just say that. If you have not experienced cheerful giving, you don't know what you're missing. God says he loves a cheerful giver, a hilarious giver. May God free us up to be generous in our giving. That we will cheerfully and according to our ability regularly contribute, unless I'm gone for the summer. Is that what it said? No. That we will regularly contribute of our means for the relief of the poor, for the expense of the church. Guys, when you go away for the summer, the AC still runs and the lights are still on and ministry still happens, even if you're not here. Please don't forget your local church. For the maintenance 
of a faithful gospel ministry among us and for the spread of the gospel throughout all the world. We're going to do a free camp this summer. Now, we say free to the public, but you and I know it ain't free. It costs, right? I'm going to say this and I'm going to move on because this is a family talk, and if you're visiting the family, just uh, be that awkward neighbor that's sitting in the room going, oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, but guys... As of, we got a business meeting tonight afterwards, and I think as of this moment, we're probably, this is just guesstimated numbers, but we're probably about 6,000 off on the year. Last month was our worst giving month ever of this year. Maybe even ever in the nine years I've been here. And I don't understand that because we've actually grown in, in, in numbers and people. Uh, so I can only... You know, and by the way, if you're, I don't know what you give. I don't ever want to know what you give. All right? Pastor, don't get in that business. All right? You are welcome to see what I give because I believe in living a transparent life. And by all means, anybody can at any time go to any of my deacons and say, I want to see what the pastor gives. That's because I will never ask you to do something in regards to that that I'm not willing to do myself. And so we prayerfully every year try to give more. Every year. As God allows, as God grows, as God, you know... Uh, Helps in that, and it's all his anyway, so he helps in all of it. But guys, we've got to fill in the hole. I'm just bringing that to you now because we're only six months in, and that's not, again, you know, we, we've made that up in a week before. We really have. We've made up that kind of amount in a week. I'm just saying, remember and prayerfully ask God what he'd have you do because we've committed to, to do this this year. When we approved at the beginning of the year, we, in essence, were saying yes. We will do this. And so we need your help to do this. That's part of our covenant. Alone and at home. That we will not omit private and family devotions. When's the last time, Dad, you discussed the Word of God at home? I want to encourage you today. Again, where are we at now? We can go out of here different than how we came in. That's what church should be about. We should always be going out different than how we came in. Just talk about the Word of God. Be a significant other with your children, with, with whoever's in your life. We've covenanted that we will do private and family devotions. We will not allow ourselves to permit the too common neglect of the great duty of training our children. We have some great children's program here that come alongside you and help you disciple, but it's still our responsibility, parent. It's still our responsibility. And, it, um, and others under our care in the nurture and admonition of the Lord with a view to the service of Christ and the enjoyment of heaven. It's part of our calling. And then last, before the world. Now, let me just say this before we get here. Some of you are going to start reading already. This was written in 1972. So some of the language needs to be updated. And as I said, it's a man-made document. By the way, one of the reasons I'm going through this now is because, Lord willing, I want to put together a committee in the fall so in hopes of revitalizing the Constitution. Because every now and then you need to have it updated because the language changes, and so does some of the practice needs to change. The Word of God doesn't change. But for example, I'll give you a quick example. In my previous church, they had set in 1972... You will not spend more than $1,500 without a called business meeting, and you've got to give two weeks' notice before you can approve $1,500 to spend. 
Well, guess what happened in the middle of August? The air conditioners went out. We got to wait two weeks to talk about it. Then once we voted, we had to wait another week before, uh, before the final vote. So it was like three weeks before we could fix the AC. Now, come on, guys. I don't think that's what God wanted for his local church in that situation. Sometimes our policies can sometimes lose sight of common sense and so forth and so on. So sometimes you need to revisit, and I suggest every five to seven years is a good time to revisit your constitution because we need to sometimes look at these adjustments. So with that said, let's look at this language. That we will walk circumspectly before the world, that we will refrain from such of its games, amusements, and fashions as our foes to spiritual mindedness. What does that mean? Y'all playing softball this week. Shame on you, sinners! See, this is, we need to fine-tune fine this. But let's just look. Again, use your common sense. All right? There are certain games of this world that we know better than to participate in. And if you don't, come see me. I'll be glad to talk to you about probably <laughs> a good place to start. Our problem is with the Grand Canyon analogy. We want to see how close we can get to the edge before we fall. <laughs> look, 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 I'm getting closer. That's how we live our life. We want, to get, we want to get near the edge. When really the safest place is just far away from the edge. All right? And by the way, I'm not going to have a fashion show in, my, uh, in the church to decide, determine what's proper and what's not. Mm -mm, I see your ankle. No, we're not that kind of church either. But the Bible does teach modesty. It does teach modesty. But listen, we can be modest and fashionable at the same time. Just clear the air on that. All right. <laughs> Moving on. That we will be temperate in all things and cautious, especially being on our guard against the abuse and use of intoxicants and other harmful drugs or substances, that we will be just in our dealings. Stop there. Are you, are you struggling with, with this? I'm not, we're not going to throw rocks at you, man, but I want to come alongside you. I want to help you. It's for your benefit. It's for your help. It's for God's glory. And, and, and if there's anybody who can speak to this, it's a guy who's lived through it. I know the harm. I know what it can lead to. How are you in your dealings at work? Are you just? Are you fair? Are you doing things maybe you know God wouldn't really be pleased with and how you're handling things? See, guys, when we commit to, 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 to Christ, we, in essence, are yielding our life. We're saying, Lord, you take control. That's the whole definition of Lord. He, he leads. He leads, and we surrender. Let's wrap this up. So we go on, and he says that, uh, that we will be just in our dealings, faithful in our engagements, and exemplary in our deportment, that we will avoid all tattling, Preacher, do you know what? <laughs> Don't give me those phone calls, please. Backbiting and excessive anger. Oh, that one really makes me mad. I just, anyway. Uh, in order that we may win souls, 
Yep, if we're living a set-apart life, that's definitely going to help our witness in evangelism. Remembering that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Guys, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? How are we going to, more importantly, do this? Only by the, by the grace of God. This is who Community Baptist Church strives to be. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And it's only by His grace that we can even desire to live in such a way. And yes, we fall short. Again, no one's here condemning. No one's here throwing stones. But we sure want to come alongside you in your struggle, help you see the finish line, and cheer you on, help you. Because it is a battle, and we're in this together. And the good thing is, we're on the winning side. The victory belongs to the Lord. Invocation is the last thing in this covenant. And it says, And the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make us perfect in every good work to do His will, working in us that which is well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you for uh, the reminder this morning. Uh, again, I know it's very different than what we would normally do on a Sunday. But Lord, very needed. We need this reminder. We need to recognize that just like in a marriage, when I, I need to revisit my vows sometime and, and recognize to my spouse that I said, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, sickness and in health, to death do us part. These are, these are commitments that exemplify love because love doesn't change depending upon the circumstances. Love is consistent and, and it's the same when it's agape love, when it's love that's from above. And so, Lord, let that be the love that flows through us at Community Baptist Church that we will remember as the bride of Christ, the vows that we have made when we surrendered our heart and life to Christ to, to say, yes, Lord, I believe in you and I've put my faith and my trust in your completed work of Calvary. And my desire is to live for you and to walk in newness of life. And I want to do that in this group, this local church called Community Baptist. And so, Father, thank you for the opportunity and privilege to serve you here. And I pray for the visitors today, Lord, that if they are seeking a place that they'll recognize that this is no perfect church, but you are truly at work in our midst. And I thank you for that, God. Thank you for how you're moving and how you're leading. And may you continue to receive all the glory. And we thank you in the name that is above every name, in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.